Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. If you come to this church long enough, you will notice one thing that I'm a type of pastor who don't play around on the pulpit, making some joke and tickle your ears. The Lord spoke to me this morning that why I am that way, because I'm both the pastor and the surgeon. I have a very, we so-called medical mindset. There are two kinds of doctors. The doctors that when you come and you say, I have fever, The doctor just gives you Tylenol, Tylenol, and come back next time. Pay more bill, pay more bill. I just feed you with medication to get rid of certain symptoms. But I don't get into the root of the fever. So you will continue to have fever. That kind of doctor you don't want to go to see. But there are another kind of doctor who will look for the root of the problem, the root of the symptom. You have headache. What is going on? Why you have headache? Maybe meningitis, maybe brain tumor. Something is going on in your life. And as a good doctor, Jesus is our doctor too. You know that? He said he's a doctor. As a good doctor, you need to tell people the truth because the truth will set them free. And this is a problem when the doctor tells you the truth. You may be upset with the doctor. For example, don't eat too much sugar. And starch. You may say, but I love starch. But don't eat too much of starch. When you move stuff around, make sure you take care of your back, your knee. Don't do stupid things. And some patients do not like it. They don't want to hear the truth because it's painful. It's against their flesh. They don't like to hear that. Don't smoke because Smoking will cause 27 diseases. And people who like to smoke, doctor, are you crazy? You tell me don't smoke. But if you smoke, you die sooner. This is an example. So I'm that type of doctor. I will tell my patients everything to protect them and to make sure they live a healthy life and they are blessed. So in the same thing on the pulpit here, I'm going to tell you everything that you need to hear even though you get mad at me. And even though you don't like me, sometimes I walk down on the, from the pulpit and somebody come to me, you are attacking me. What? I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just speaking the truth. You take it personally. I don't have anything personal with you here. I'm just speaking the truth. And sometimes the truth can be painful to you, but it builds you up. Sometimes you need to go through surgery to make your nose a little bit bigger to get rid of some liposuction, to make better. But it's painful to go through surgery. The same thing, God going to have to cut something out of you to make you more beautiful. So the preaching can be painful sometimes for certain people, but certain people love it. I hope that you don't take everything personally here because my job is to protect you and speak the truth to you. We're going to talk about the subject called Greater Blessing again. I preached two sermons already. Today I'm going to preach the third one. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Coming to him as to a living stone. Jesus is our living stone. He is our foundation. We need to build our life on Jesus Christ. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You... Everyone, part to yourself, me. Also, as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The scripture here say that we are not a dead rock. We are living stones. God imparted life, the life of God, or we call Zoe, into our life. We are all moving 
talking, praising, functioning, doing things because we are living stone, and we are connected together by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the love of God, and by the great commission to be together in the house we call the church. So each one of us is the living stone, joy together to be a part of the Lord Jesus Church, local church and universal church. And as we are the living stone and also a priesthood, holy priesthood, we have the job to do. We have a calling and a responsibility to do. We are not dead stones, so we need to move and do something together. And one of the jobs of the priest is that we offer spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. Maybe my job is to preach the gospel or to preach the word of God as a pastor. Your job may be do something else in the church, taking care of the kids. But we all have one common job as the holy priesthood. We have a job of offering spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. If you study the law of Moses or the Old Testament carefully, you will find out that a huge amount of time and effort and energy was spent by the priests in that generation to bring the offering. To the Lord, and if you study the Bible carefully, you can see that the Old Testament, anything recorded in the Old Testament, is a type T Y P E of the New Testament believers. The priests in the time of Moses or in the Old Testament are the type of our Christian walk today. That's why the Bible calls us holy priesthood. You are the priest. Point to the person next to you. You are a priest. You are a priest, a holy priest. If you study the Bible carefully, you will find out that many chapters, many verses, talk about giving offering to the Lord. It's a big job or ministry of the priest in the Old Testament. The offering to the Lord is a big part of the Old Testament priests. And we are holy priesthood today, so we have a ministry to bring the offering to the Lord, the spiritual offering to the Lord, the spiritual sacrifices to the Lord together. All of us have that job to do. All of us, no exception. Not only the pastor, not only the preacher. Every Christian need to bring our offering to the Lord. Our time, energy, money, talent. Gift. We cannot just come to church to be consumer. Give me, give me, give me. No, no. You come to worship God and you bring the offering to the Lord. Why the Bible use the word spiritual offerings? Why the word spirit spiritual doesn't mean religious. It means from the heart. It means from the deepest part of our being. That is our spirit. When we give offering to God, we give from our heart or from our spirit. Whatever we do in the flesh, whatever we do out of rituals, tradition, are not acceptable to God. God will accept everything that we do for Him and give Him and offer to Him only when it comes from our spirit or from our heart. Everything we do must come from the heart of faith. The heart of love, the heart of thanksgiving, and the heart of honoring Him. Everything we do, I'm preaching here not as a duty. I'm not going through a motion of a church right now. I love God, so I will preach the word to train you to become a very strong Christian, so that you can go up to the next level of your Christian walk. If you noticed a while ago when I pray. I pray that all of you will know God, all of you will love God, all of you will live a holy and righteous life. That's my job, because I love Him and I want His people to love Him as well. Christians can pray as they are going through the motion. Christian can come to church, raise hand and sing song as they are going through the motion. At the same time, while they're singing, their heart is with the movie last night. And the heart is with 
another program in the YouTube. They don't even think about Jesus. They just go through the motion of singing, playing guitar, and their heart is somewhere else. That is doing in the flesh, and it's not acceptable to the Lord. It's not pleasing to the Lord. Whatever we do, we should not do from the flesh, but from our spirit. From the inner part of our life, we must put our heart into everything we do. When we greet people, "I love you," come from the heart. Today, you're gonna go out to sing caloring. You go sing from your heart, not as a program or just going through the motion. We are called a holy priesthood. We offer spiritual sacrifices, which means we offer something from our life. From our heart, from our spirit, to the Lord, we bring spiritual sacrifices, offering that are acceptable and pleasing to Him. And I pray that all the things you offer to God are acceptable to God and pleasing to Him. I want all of us to come up to the next level of this subject: that everything we do for the Lord or offer to the Lord is acceptable and holy. And receiving by the Lord, we are not just doing through the motion. First Chronicles chapter sixteen verse twenty nine: Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come into His presence. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Psalm ninety six eight to nine: Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come into His courts. Today is His church, no temple today. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before Him. Can we give glory to the Lord with our offerings? Can we? Offering time has been watered down by many Christians as a religious ceremony. Sometimes. Pastor have to apologize, saying, "You know, I'm sorry to talk about this offering right now. I have to do this because we have to pay bill. Let's get the offering back, pass by quickly. I'm sorry to talk about money because you're gonna be mad at me. No, offering to the Lord is holy. It's the job of believers. It's the responsibility of every priest to do the offering to the Lord. If New Hope International Church, if we don't have that much, if we have ten million dollars in the bank right now, and all the bills have been paid off, and we can pay bill every month, I still talk about offering of the Lord, even though we have a lot of money in the bank, because it's not about. Our expenses here. It's not about how much money we have in the bank. Should we give or not give? No, no. We all come into His presence, into His court, and worship Him and give Him glory with our offerings. It's our duty. It's our responsibility. God wants to see that His people honor Him. His people have faith in Him, and His people love Him. We don't need to make apology when we talk about offering in New Hope International Church. When we have a worship time, we give. You're not giving to me. I'm not giving to you, and you're not giving to the church. You are giving to the Lord. You need to understand this. Every time you give tithes, every time you give offering, you're not giving to man. You're not giving to pass a law. You're not giving to the church. You're giving to the Lord. That's why the Bible say, "Come into His court, give Him all the glory He deserves, and bring offering to Him." The first offering mentioned in the book of Genesis, chapter four. You know about that story, Cain and Abel. The first offering happened in Genesis chapter four, and what happened? The first murder happened too. Wow, the offering of the Lord is a big subject. 
is a subject that offends so many people that they want to kill their pastors. Cain killed Abel over the issue of the offering, because God accepted Abel's offering, but God rejected Cain's offering, and God corrected Cain that he brought in just whatever left over. He didn't care much. He did not honor the Lord from his heart, but. Abel gave the best, puffy animal, beautiful hair, the best animal, because he wanted to honor the Lord. And the Lord said, "I accepted Abel's offering, but Cain's offering, no, I do not want to accept." And Cain was so mad. Cain killed Abel. The first murder at that time, there was a handful of people on the earth. But Cain killed his own brother due to the issue of the offering. Today, you cannot kill me because you're going to be in jail. The American law is so strong. If you kill me, you're going to be in jail for the rest of your life. You may be on the electric chair. So you cannot kill me. How you do it? You walk away from this church and say bye, bye, pastor. I kill you by walking away and reject you. That's how it happened. When we talk about the offering, because some people don't like to hear the subject of money in the church, but I tell you that we need to talk about it anyway, because thousands of references are talking about the offering to the Lord. Cain was bothered by that issue that somebody gave good things to God, but he could not because his heart was so callous, was so mad. Was so upset, he loved his money, that bothered him. He was so mad at God and so mad with his brother. So he killed him. Any time you live for God, you give your time, your energy, your life to God. You give your house to God. Every house that Pastor Dan and I bought, we always think, can we use this for the kingdom? We always think this way. Can we have meeting here? Can we have good, nice parking area that we can have meeting here? Because we want to give our house to the Lord. We live our life to the Lord, and the Bible say it will come back to us hundredfold what we give to Him, but with persecution. Mark chapter ten twenty nine to thirty. So Jesus answered and said, "As surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sister or father and mother or wife or children and lands." For my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. I hope you are that type of person. You're willing to give up certain things for God, for the gospel and for the kingdom of God. Yes, God gonna bless you on this earth. He gonna pay you back. Our God is a God of payback. He's gonna pay you back. He never take anything from you more than you give to Him. The question is, are you willing to give? But it comes with persecution, because when you talk about Jesus, when you talk about the blessing of the Lord upon your life, when you talk about giving some good things to God, you live your life for God. Some people will get mad. Some people will not like it. And they will try to persecute you. They will try to talk bad about you. It's interesting. Before September this year, before Pastor Rodney went to Thailand, a group of pastors in Thailand have a big conference talking against the fire and against me. Big conference <laughs> and against Pastor Rodney. When I heard that, I laughed. These people they don't know what they're talking about. They are against God, not me. I'm serving the Lord. They try to persecute me by making my name bad in Thailand. So we should not be like Cain. I hope that our members in New Hope are not like Cain here. We are like Abel. We honor the Lord. We give from our spirit. We're gonna give to Him with honor and faith and love. And when we hear that. Somebody give, and they're so blessed by God. We shout about it. We say, "Thank you, Lord, that you bless this man because he's so generous." When you heard another person give so much or live the life of God, you say, "Wow, praise God! 
I'm so happy to see that person live for God. I'm so happy to hear that. Instead of being mad, upset, and jealous, and angry with that man, what is an offering? An offering is something you offer. In English language, you can call gift or present. You give a present to somebody. You offer a gift to somebody. You give the gift and you do your part. But the second part is, will that person accept your gift? You can drop money in the bag on Sunday, but the question is, does God accept your gift? I hope your offering is acceptable from God, and He is pleasing with your offering. Amen. Some preacher think this way. If I talk about giving long enough, the money gonna fall off somebody's pocket, and they're gonna be blessed anyway, because I'm talking about giving for an hour. Eventually, they could not stand it anymore. Okay, shut your mouth. Twenty dollars. <laughs> you know you can give that twenty dollars, but God say I don't accept it, because you give with a bad attitude. You don't give out of honor and love and faith in me. You are not thankful to me. God does not receive every offering. I tell you right now. God does not receive every offering. Yes, the church received. The church will not give money back to you. <laughs> I remember a long time ago, one lady came to this church. She's a brand new believer, and she gave. Maybe a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> This is funny story. She moved to California and she wrote a letter to me. Pastor Lau, I changed my mind. Could you send the two hundred dollars back to me? <laughs> Too late. It's already spent. I say that. <laughs> We need to know how our offering are acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. That's why I'm teaching this lesson. I want you to go up to the next level in your walking with God. I don't want you to go through the motion and do things out of bad attitude. And one day, when you get to heaven, you say, "Oops, pastor never teach me." No, I need to teach you. This is a big subject in the Bible. Oh, by the way, this is the second lesson, the second chapter. I have eleven chapters. <laughs> Maybe I preach until year 2023 or something. Eleven chapter. Each chapter I teach about two to three times. The next time you see about the offering is in the book of Genesis, chapter seven and eight. It was the offering of Noah and his family. Noah and his family were saved or spared by the Lord. And when we talk about the offering, somebody may be stirred up and mad. I want to tell you right now. I'm teaching this lesson without any motive of. Baking money from you, getting you to pay more, give money to the church more. Actually, I myself don't like pastor who manipulate me to give either. I myself don't like people to come on the stage and talk about giving with the wrong motive. If I give, I need to give out of my own conviction that I love the Lord. Because if I'm manipulated to give, that offering is not accepted by God. Therefore, I want to be clear right now. I have no attitude of manipulation, and try to push you to give at all. My purpose is to educate you to give what is acceptable to the Lord. Amen. So that is my attitude. We should seek the Lord concerning His will in every subject of life, and we should see things the the way God see. We should think the way God thinks. We should have the mind of Christ. That's why we study the Bible together, so that we can see, think, and do things according to what He wants us to do. And that is my job to educate you, so that you will not see things, do things according to Thai way, Chinese way, American way, or Cambodian way. No, no, no. We want His way. We are the citizen. Of heaven, I have to get rid of a lot of Thai culture in me and Thai thinking in me because a lot of Thai thinkings are not biblical. We need to follow the Bible. 
We want to do everything that is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. In the eighth chapter of the book of Genesis, the great flood had come, and there was a lot of people on that planet Earth in that generation. When the flood came into the world at that generation, all the people and animals were wiped out and died in those forty days and forty nights, except Noah, his wife, his three sons, and his three daughter-in-laws. And only a few animals left on the earth when God told him to put them in the ark. When I study about this, I want to share something with you quickly. I thought about being led by the Holy Spirit for two years. Sometimes God leads you to do something today, and if you obey Him by faith, you are preparing yourself for the next one. God told Noah to prepare the ark. Prepare all the animals. It didn't happen yet, but God prepared him to save his life. Many days later, or years later, in the same way, when God tells you to do something and you don't see the result right now, you, why I'm doing this? Calm down. Don't worry. God is getting you ready for the future. That's that how God works because God knows everything. Faith gets ready and prepares. Doubt will say, "Let us see first, and we'll do it." When you say, "Let us see first," it's gonna be too late. Genesis chapter seven, verse one to five. Then the Lord said to Noah, "Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation." You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal. Everyone say clean animal. Everyone say seven. A male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean. A male and his female. Do you notice the number seven and two? I'm going to explain to you. Also seven each of birds of the air and male and female to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven. More days, I will cause it to rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was a man of faith; he obeyed the Lord. He was a righteous man, even though it looked like impossible to have flood here, but he obeyed anyway. And the flood came, and the flood swept. All the human beings in that generation, all the animals, and they were all dead except eight people. And I want to say, these eight people were precious seeds of God to get the replenishment of the earth. I will explain to you in a few minutes here. What if something happened to them and they all died? Are you going to sit here? Is it going to be you sitting here? If all the human die in that generation, including Noah, we are not going to sit here. You know that you are offspring of Noah and his wife. They are the seed that will produce again. And I'm going to explain to you. Genesis chapter eight, fifteen to seventeen. Are you okay? I'm trying to educate you. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, "Go out of the ark. This is the flood already came down." You and your wife, your sons and your sons' wife with you, bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on this earth. God created Adam and Eve and animals. Adam and Eve were seed. To produce, replenish the earth, the surface of the earth, multiply and fill the earth. So Adam and Eve were seed of God. Now that generation is gone. New generation, Noah. They were saved. They were spared by God. And these eight people came out from the boat, and all these animals came out to be the seed again to replenish or fill up the earth again. In other words, God works with the principle of 
seed time and harvest. Everything on this earth is about seed and harvest. One seed of apple drop on the ground, that seed become a tree, and then the tree produce many apples, that you can enjoy more apples, and out of that apple trees come out many seed, and you can put on the ground again, and that seed grow again and multiply, keep multiplying. My dad and my mom produced me, and I grew up, and I met a girl named Da. We got married, and we have three kids. We keep producing. Seed time, baby come out, and the baby grow up. Harvest time, the baby grow up, get married, have more seeds. So the way that God work is this principle everywhere: church, finances, health. Anything is about seed time and harvest time. Is it clear? Okay. Are you following me? Genesis chapter 8, verses 18 to 19. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wife with him. Every animal and every creeping thing, every bird and whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. So these eight people, all the animals walk out of the ark. And they are the seed in that generation. They are precious seed. Everyone say precious. Are you precious? I believe you're precious seed. We keep producing Christians. We preach, people get saved, we keep producing. We sow the seed. When I go to Thailand, I sow the seed, more souls saved. Now, almost every day, somebody wrote to me in the YouTube, how can I become a Christian? Huh, I'm serious. People watch our YouTube and say, I like it. How can I become a Christian? I live here, I live there. So I send them to the other pastor in those cities to get them safe. So we produce seed and the seed will grow and harvest. Can you imagine if God did not save them? There would not be anyone left on the earth. But God saved them to be the seed. Seed time. And we are the production of that seed. We are the harvest of that seed. Animals and Noah and his children have been spared by the grace of God. What was the first thing Noah did when he got out of the boat? What did he do? The first thing, build a house, find land, call the mortgage company. I like to get some loan to buy the piece of land to build a house. What did he do? Let's look at the Bible together. Verse 22, 22. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. He did not build an altar to the church. He did not build an altar to the denomination, to any non-profit organization. He built the altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. These animals were killed, shed the blood, burned to, on the altar to the Lord. And listen carefully. I'm going to emphasize this sentence. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Oh, we learn a lot from this scripture. Seed time and harvest time will never stop. Somebody need to sow the seed. Somebody need to be the seed so that we can get the harvest. When I open my house to serve the Lord, that is my seed. That people come in and get saved in my house. That is the seed I sow. Seed time. And one day I'm going to harvest. Is that right? And now look at this. Noah. He walked out of the boat. Can you imagine how he felt? All these eight people walk out. Everything gone. The city, the house, all the people died. Many animals dead. And now we are. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not dead. 
You spare me. You save me. And what did he do? He's so thankful. His heart went after God. God, I appreciate you so much. I'm gonna build an altar, and I'm gonna give to you the best offering, the clean animal. Is it interesting? God told him to take in the boat two of each unclean animal. But he told Noah to take in seven clean animals, each species. Wow, God knows that Noah, after he came out of the boat, he needed to have clean animals to offer to him. So God, he is a Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh knew ahead of time what you need. And he's going to give you more than enough of what you need so that you can have leftover to give him an offering. He did not tell Noah to bring in two clean animals. Seven. More than enough. If you give one, going to be six left. More than enough. Everyone say, Jehovah Jireh. My brother and sister, God gives you more than enough in America. You need to sow the seed. You need to be like Noah. You need to give him spiritual sacrifices. Don't hold on to that money. Don't hold on to all those things and say, I'm going to keep this with me. It means you don't sow the seed. Can you imagine? We will not be sitting here without Noah, the seed of his family. We will not see beautiful birds, beautiful animals around us today if God did not preserve those seeds in the boat in that generation. Those all animals that came out from his boat were the seed that we can enjoy today. We see the harvest time. We enjoy today. Our God is a good God. Amen? He knew what we need. And He can give us more than what we need. And whatever we receive, we need to sow. We need to offer Him the spiritual sacrifices. Because we are so thankful that we're still alive, we still walk, we still go to work, we still breathe, the heart still beat. Some people say to me, I'm not going to give to God. I earn all this thing. I make all this money. Paycheck is mine. I don't need to give to God. Let me ask this question. If your heart stops beating tonight, what's going to happen to you? Will you go to work tomorrow? No. Second thing, if your heart stops beating tonight, who going to get that money? Not you. Somebody else. Either your wife, and she can remarry it and spend money with the new husband. <laughs> I try to make all these men scare. <laughs> oh, your kids. Thank you, daddy, for leaving money. Bye-bye. You don't depend on your money because you don't know you have tomorrow. Don't hang to, on to it. Give offering to the Lord from your heart that you love Him. And He's going to give you long life. You notice one thing. When Noah gave to God and he gave with the right heart, the Bible says the smell come up. Soothing aroma. Make God happy. Because he see the heart of Noah, the thankful heart, the heart of faith, the heart of appreciation, and the heart of loving God. He was so happy. And you know what happened? That touched the heart of God. And God said, because you do this to me, I'm not going to destroy mankind like this anymore. If you give offering to the Lord from your heart, you are the daddy here in this room, and you're willing to give to God, God smell and say, okay, I'm going to show mercy to your children. Because the daddy give spiritual offering to me from his heart. But if you stingy, just keep everything. And the Lord say, I'm sorry, I cannot protect your children. Because you love money more than me. One of the key to receive protection from God is you love the Lord. In Psalm chapter 91, I will come to that point one day, preaching. What you need to do to receive God's protection is you love the Lord with all your heart. It's in Psalm 91. I don't come to that verse yet. I think verse 14. Amen? Amen. 
spiritual sacrifice. Give to the Lord from our heart with gratitude. We love these eight people. Really value the salvation they got. You know that Noah and family are the type of our salvation. You know why you go into the water baptism? That water baptism is the flood, and you came out from the flood, and you preserve. You are saved. You are saved. You don't need to go to hell. You saved from sickness and disease. You saved from sin and the bondage. Are you thankful? Did Noah try to pay the Lord back? Okay, you do this to me. Okay, money. Can you buy God? God, I need healing. Okay, two hundred dollars. Heal me. God, I need to get married. I need a boyfriend. God, okay, I give you five hundred dollars. Give me a boyfriend. Can you pay God back? No. You give offering not because you pay God, not because you try to. Uh, what do you call putting money on the table in English? Bribe God, thank you. You bribe because I never bribe anyone, so I don't know the word. You maybe who answer no to you bribe God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You bribe. You cannot bribe God. You cannot pay God. <laughs> you cannot buy anything from God. You give because you love Him, because you honor Him and you're thankful toward Him. You release your faith. You release your appreciation, your love toward God, and say, "God, I love you. I thank you, Lord, that you died for me, and I'm safe. I don't need to go to hell. I have a new life. Every offering should come that way. Amen. When we give an offering to the Lord with a right heart, God receive it. It is acceptable to Him. Let me read a few more scripture from the New Testament. And it's really fun. It's parallel the picture. Philippians chapter four, fourteen to fifteen. Are you okay? Nevertheless, you have done well that you share in my distress. Now, you Philippines, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So Paul planted many churches. Paul was a father of many churches, and he went out from Macedonia to do the mission trip. And only one church out of many churches that he planted gave him money, material support. While he was in jail in Rome, the church in Philippi sent him writing material so he can write the letter Bible we read. We read sent him clothes and money so that he can get the job done. The members in Philippi were not selfish; they were generous. They gave to Paul. When you grow up more and more in the love of God, you will be giver. You will care about other people, care about your pastor, care about the missionary, care about other people, and you begin to give. But if you are so selfish and immature, it's about me, 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 me. I'm not going to give to anybody. Sign of maturity. And love is giving. The Philippi church was very mature. Philippine four sixteen to nineteen. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessity. Not that I seek the gift. Paul was not hungry for the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. When you give to the work of God, the account will be increasing in heaven, because you save so to your offering. Indeed, I have all and about. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you—a sweet-smelling aroma, a while ago a soothing aroma. Oh, let me ask this question: Does God smell the burning body of the animal? Does the smoke of the burning body of an animal go to heaven? No. What did he smell? He smelled. The heart of Noah. He smelled the heart of the members in Philippi Church. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable. Oh, I like that word. Sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. You can see again and again when you give spiritual offering from your heart, God accepts it. God is pleased, and God smell. Oh, 
He's so good. You remember a while ago in Noah time when God smelled that He was so good. He said, "Okay, I make a decision. I'm not going to destroy man again with the flood." Look at this. After He smelled the sweet aroma from the Philippi, He said the same thing again. Wow. New Testament, Old Testament say the same thing. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! That tithe and offering from Philippi, the heart of dedication and love and thankfulness went up to heaven, and God smelled and God said, "I'm so pleased. I accept your offering from your heart." And I will never let you become hungry, and you never get into financial trouble all the rest of your life. I will meet all of your needs. Do you want your offering to touch the heart of God? Do you want God to say the same thing? From now on, your offspring will be blessed. From now on, I will take care of you for the rest of your life, because you give to me. From your heart, holy priesthood in New Hope International Church. From now on, I hope that you will not give legalistically, out of grudges, out of traditions, out of rituals, manipulation, pressure. You talk to God. I was dead. Now I'm alive. I was destined to go to hell. Now I'm gonna go to heaven. Amen. I used to be addict, an addict. Now I'm free. You saved me, and I want to give this offering to you because I appreciate you. I want to thank you, and I want to let you know I have faith in you and I love you. I should have only two animals, but you give me seven animals. So I'm gonna sow that seed that I believe today when I give, and every Sunday when I give, my heart will go to heaven, and it's gonna be a good-smelling, soothing aroma to your nostril. I don't do this out of necessity. I don't do this grudgingly. I do this out of my heart. Giving is not only in the church on Sunday. Giving. Is also outside the church. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yesterday we took a couple for dinner. We want to pay dinner for them because we are the one who invited them, and they keep fighting with us to pay. Who gonna pay? I pay or they pay, but I allow them to pay so that they can send aroma to God, the soothing aroma to feed their pastor. The good Korean food last night. Amen. So they gave not only in the church. I decided you come up higher in this area. From now on, when you give, please make sure you check your heart. That this is not just like this. That money will not be accepted, and you will not get the grace and favor from God. God will give you special grace and favor and promise only when you have the right heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! You still love me? Yes. You don't get mad at me? No. Okay. You are not Cain. How many people in this room named Cain? Raise your hand up. I hope not. So today, what I like to do, the usher will come to the front, hold the offering back. We will not pass the offering back to you today. I want to act like Noah. Today, we learn about Noah. They're going to stand in the front and face the congregation, and you walk out from your chair with your check or your offering, and you feel the same way. I walk out of this boat. God saved me, and I want to bring this offering to the Lord, my God, who saved me. I'm so thankful. And you can walk back to your chair, and after we all finish, we're going to pray together. And maybe we can sing a song of "Thank you, the Lord, together for saving us." Okay, please come out as the Lord leads you. Come out of the boat. You say, "Thank you, Lord, for giving me a job, saving me 
bringing my wife to me, I can get married, giving me education, protecting me. You love me. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.